listener production. How do I start this one again? <laughs> How does this one start? Let loose, baby, let loose. No, uh, no. Hello. Oh, yeah, I just start talking yeah. in this one. Ugh, we've got two now. I can never remember. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Breaking News, the Just the Gist side episode where I, Rosie Borderland, give my co-host, Jacob Stanley. Hello. Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Um, the um, headlines that I think are important from the week. And, and we, what a week it was. Well, what a week it was. And mm. uh, let's get the song out of the way because I find that I keep not doing it and it keeps getting pushed further and further into the episode mm. because I must do it, but I'm like forgetting. Mm. Doing it now. Take it away. Maybe we should just pre-record one and play it. No. No? no. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be freshy. It has to have its own flavour. Its own special zing. Okay, here we go. <gasps> breaking news, breaking news. I got the scoop. I see extra, extra. Read all about it. I'm breaking news. It's coming down the wire. <sighs> did she start it with a diddle do 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 just then? Did I? Or did you just go straight to the breaking news? Did I? I think just straight to the breaking news. Oh, my God. Ooh, see, this is the thing. It evolves. Mm. When you do it differently each time, it gets its own unique spin. I suppose. But it does. it is meant to have the do's at the start because that's how the news bulletins would start. Break. Mm. And then going into it again, which everyone's like, stop. Enough, enough. Well, breaking news in like... Our lives. Oh, big breaking news. <laughs> We're doing a Very thing. exciting breaking news. We're, oh, I just said the most cringe thing. Isn't that the annoying thing people do? Like yeah. when they put up a post of like they had a baby and their status is just, I did a thing. Mm, yeah, that's the big tell that you're a geriatric millennial. Yes, right totally. There. Or when you want to seem like you care about a cause and you share like a meme that says something about Black Lives Matter and above it you just write, this. this. <laughs> 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 like, if this person hadn't written this, I would have said it exactly like this. Mm-hmm, Me mm-hmm. and Martin Luther King are yep. just on the same wavelength. This is what I've always been saying, yes. and I'm tired of repeating myself. Yes, It's this. not my job to educate you, just this, <laughs> all right? <laughs> People suck. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't everyone Internet suck? Person. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywho, but um, we, we are doing a very, very exciting... This. Trip overseas. We're going international, baby. We're going to the <gasps> homeland of my favorite person. <laughs> We're going <laughs> the birthplace of our Lord and Savior, Elon Musk. <laughs> We're going to South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. Here we come. We're going to South Africa. We're going on safari. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, you guys may remember a few weeks ago we talked about uh, going to watch the premiere of that amazing documentary. The Last Tourist. The Last Tourist. And uh, we went that night um, because you and I don't often get invited to fancy things. We're not important enough. We were invited to that because um, the uh, man who uh, executive produced that documentary um, owns a company called G Adventures, basically trying to do what... They talk about in The Last Tourist, Mm. trying to make tourism sustainable, uh, good for the people in the places that Mm. you go, for the local people, trying to keep tourism sustainable for the earth and the local populations of places. Mm. Um, And so they have these amazing tours just all around the world. 600 locations. 600 locations. um, And... You, whatever tour you go on, you know that um, they have like they have set up relationships with like uh, local indigenous people. Mm. Um, uh, they make sure all the uh, tour guides that you have are local people. They make sure you're only going to places where you're not going to damage mm. the surrounds. Um, it's it's basically tourism ethically done. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and they invited us uh, to go watch the doco. And now they're sending us to South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Things escalated briskly. Things escalated quickly. Um, They, it's it's funny because they initially um, had said, you know, look at all the places we go and and pick somewhere you want to go, and we'll see what we can Mm -hmm. do. And uh, I immediately picked the coldest place. I said Antarctica. 
Veto, and no. And Jacob vetoed. Mm. And Jacob said, South Africa. And I said, veto. <laughs> we were like, ah, this is funny. We hate what each other likes. And um, then I said, Ireland. And Jacob said, no. Mm. And um, and then you mentioned, like, the Maldives. And I was like, absolutely not. Mm. <laughs> Give me shade. And then they said, oh, look, actually, we've got a trip coming up really soon that has two places on it that you could go on. And we were like, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And they went, South Africa. And Jacob went, yeah. And I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, look, um, I've bought a lot of hats. I've bought a lot of full coverage, 50 SBF umbrellas. Mm. I am of the Irish bog people. I am pale. I am a vampire. I am not built for the jungle, desert, slash African continent. Mm. I'm really not. We've been... Informed, it's not going to be that hot. It is part of the Southern Hemisphere, so they're coming into their sort of autumn time frame. It's yes. not going to be too hot for you, so that's good news. And well, then you've got the hats. I've got the hat. They did tell us that um, the time, because we're going in May, and the time that we're there, uh, they told us temperatures are around 16 to 24 degrees. Yeah. And Jacob immediately went, oh, that's so cold. And I went, oh, that's still too hot. <laughs> 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 but um, we're going to Johannesburg, uh, Durban. Durban. Durban, yes. Very, very fancy very... seaside surf area. Yeah. And then we're going uh, to Kruger National Park to do a, like, safari. Yeah. We're going to see the big five. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. I mean, I'm probably going to hate it, but <laughs> you don't say no to a free trip. I really think you're going to love it. We'll see. Like, you've we'll taken see. care of the sun problem. It's not going to be that hot. It's going to be fascinating. Oh, you think a few hats has taken care of the sun problem, do you? You wait. <laughs> Wait, my friend. You wait, sir. I've got a whole... We're doing a surf lesson mm. and I've been looking into bikini, like burkinis, you know, the full coverage. <laughs> I'm like, sun will not be touching this skin. As I told Dr. Deshaun, my dermatologist and fan of the podcast, uh, sun will not be touching anywhere on this body, the hot African sun. And he said, good. There is going to be some hilarious content of... The differences between us oh. when we're on the road in this environment. You know, I'm not a nature person. No, I'm not. I'm not about nature, mm. but I'm venturing into it for six days and seven nights. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's gonna be so interesting. That's coming up in a month. Yeah, we're going uh, the first uh, second week of May. Yeah. Um, and, and we're we'll gonna be recording from there as well. Yeah, a couple of breaking newses from there while we're there because we wouldn't leave you guys in the lurch. I'll keep across all Bieber Gomez conspiracy-based theory news while I'm on safari. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're so excited. Rosie, look, a buffalo. Wait, I've got to catch up on what Gwyneth's (laughs) testifying about this week. I've got to catch up on this. So, yeah, we're really excited. um, With G Adventures and South African Tourism have very generously offered to send us on this trip and we don't get cool free stuff. (laughs) So we're really excited. We're completely pumped. And I keep telling everyone the G Adventures website is now my porn. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Because you can look up all the different tours they have. There's so many sensational images and footage and like just fantasizing about all the different trips Mm. they do. Um, My aunt's done two trips with them in the past. I can't believe that. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. One in India and one in Peru. Yeah. She's raved about the experience because everything they do, they do in really small groups. And she just loves the fact that they do have these intimate local connections and loves knowing that they give back rather than exploit the local communities Mm. and the environment. So, yeah. I um, Also, what I like about it is I'm not... I'm not a traveller person. You are spontaneous. You love to travel. Mm. You literally will go online, Google where's hot, and book a plane ticket for the next day, which is my worst mm. nightmare. Sometimes I do it for that very day. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, which just makes me, ooh, like that gives me the heebie-jeebie. Like I, I need to know where I'm going. I need to be organised. I, I need to, I need time. I need time before I'm spontaneous. <laughs> I can be spontaneous <laughs> if you my spontaneity. if you let me plan it. Um, you know, I think it just has a lot to do with my temperament, also my childhood moving mm. around so much. When I got to the age where a lot of people are like, I'm going backpacking, I was like, I want to stay home forever. <laughs> Goodbye. I never want to move again. So I'm not a big traveler. I've been a few places for work and stuff, but um, I've never really been on a traveling kind of 
like sightseeing tourist kind Mm. of holiday. Um, And what I like about the G Adventures thing is that um, when you go in and look at all their like tours to the places they go, it's there's like a clear itinerary. Mm. On this day, you go, you get on this bus and you go to this place. On this day, you go to this place and do this. And at lunchtime, you do this. And at the afternoon, you do this. And then the thing, you do this. And I was like, oh, I like this because I know I'm being spontaneous but with a schedule, mm. <laughs> which is my kind. <laughs> best which, of both which worlds. Is what I like. It's the best of both worlds. Mm. You know what I mean? I said to you, it kind of feels like school camp. Like, did you ever go on camp when you were young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. like, you would look at your program of what you were going to do and get so excited because, yeah. you knew, yeah, like, I kind of feel like I'm getting pumped to go on camp. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is going to be a hoot. Yeah. yeah. So, so sorry to rub that in all your faces. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty pumped. We're pretty pumped. Mm. We're pretty pumped. I can't, I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Next. Uh, next headline. I wish you well. Oh, Gwynison! Gwindication! Gwindication! <laughs> so great. Gwynison. Gwyneth is Gwynison. <gasps> In the ski trial that gripped the world. And then right after uh, she was found not guilty or not liable or whatever, she got up and as she was walking past the guy who sued her, she it was like the coldest, bitchiest mm. power move. She put her hand on his shoulder and leaned down behind him and said into his ear, I wish you well, and then walked off. He said, thanks, dear. Iconic behaviour. It was iconic. It was iconic. Someone said she put a hex on him. Yes. (laughs) What was, yeah, like there was something there. That was was a hex, wasn't it? That was Uh, a goopy hex. mm, He got goopy hexed. Yeah, things are not going to go well from here. I wish you well. Mm. I wish you well. It's going to be the thing I say, like, when someone basically, like, F you. You know what I mean? Mm, like, it's the new, I switch baristas. Yeah, it mm. is. It's the new, like, um, as I said in my last email. Mm. Or, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Mm. I wish you well. Yeah. yeah. But all, all those little catchphrases just mean go F yourself. Like, last week when I walked into the podcast studio and you looked at my shirt and said, oh, is that a look? <laughs> I would now just look at you and go, I wish you well. I wish you well. Nothing but the best. Nothing but the best for you, sir. Mm. Loved it. Um, here's a new art thing for you. Ooh. Damien Hurst yes. has a new um, series project venture. Mm. As we know, um, Jacob and I are very interested in stupid overpriced art. Mm-hmm. If you've listened to our Stuart Semple episode, um, and we've also talked about Damien Hurst a lot. He's the guy who does just the dots. Mm. And he put the shark in the stuff. Formaldehyde, yeah. Um, and people pay $20 million. It's just for some reason he is valued at a particular cost. Just basically like they say that the lotto is tax for dumb people. I feel like art is like a tax for rich, dumb people. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they just, they buy the dumbest stuff. Agreed. In a lot of cases, it ends up being a really solid investment for them. Yeah, the good, the good, like this stuff though is dumb. Like I can't, I just can't, even like Banksy draws one tiny thing on the side of a house and the house's value goes up by $5 million. Mm. Like, mm. I just, anyway. Yeah. We, I really need it's to do, laughable. I've been planning for a while because it drives me crazy online that um because everybody knows I'm obsessed with and collect vintage Polly Pockets. And for whatever reason, people have started deciding recently that they're this like rare commodity to have. And in some cases they are, but people are overvaluing them mm. at this crazy rate. And someone will go, people send me links to Polly Pockets online all the time. Like, Rosie, I just saw this on Facebook Marketplace. And I'll go and look and they're selling it for like $180. And I know for a fact that that's worth like 20 bucks. Mm. It's just people have decided this is what it's worth. It's like, no, that's just the price you marked it at. That's mm-hmm. not what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And so the Polly Pocket valuation thing's been annoying me. And then um, it's got me thinking a lot about the whole Beanie Baby thing, which mm. I've been wanting to do it just the gist on oh, yes. for I'm ages. That. How that kind of was a weird, bizarre thing where they were worth a lot and then suddenly they weren't. And it kind of all ties in also to just like online mm. crypto stuff where one day someone says this electronic thing is worth 
$100 and so someone buys 10 of them and then mm. the next day they're worth a cent. Yeah. Like, it's bizarro. Yeah. Um, We've said a few times on this podcast, though, things are worth what willing, people are willing, willing to, to pay. pay. That, is what, that is what something yeah. is worth. The thing is, though, when we did our episode about the Nodler Art Gallery yeah. fraud case, that's mm-hmm. when we were talking about the dodgy, dodgy ways that within the art world they do yeah. very proactive, very suspicious things mm. to inflate the prices of particular artists' work and mm-hmm. they're, they're all mm-hmm. in it together to keep puffing up this economy. Yeah, well, because they all make money off yeah. it. Yeah, and he is one of the <laughs> people so, at the forefront of that. Well, get this. He can't even be bothered putting in effort anymore. Oh. So... He famously made, I think back in the 90s, he started making, uh, they're called his famous spin paintings, where mm, he climbs uh, up on a ladder, has a uh, paint on a rope in a, a hole in the bottom of a bucket, and then he spins it, spins it, spins it, and mm. it makes this cool painting. Uh, they're worth, you know, a lot of money. Um, he has now decided he's not going to make those anymore because they were a pretty solid money maker for him and pretty easy to do. He wants it to be even easier. So now... Damien Hurst is no longer making himself original spin paintings. You go online and use AI to make it yourself. (laughs) So you go online, you... Here, let me read this to you. Uh, Would-be collectors are directed to a dashboard on Henny, the arts and technology company that's currently serving as Hurst's primary digital collaborator. You generate your own painting... You select up to 12 colors, one of 25 spin styles, blurring, canvas shape, square or round. Um, those more inclined to relinquish creative control to Hearst's machine can just randomize the entire process. Uh. Then, <laughs> once you've generated the painting yourself, yourself, you can have the work produced as a physical, pe- mm-hmm. they'll make it for you, or an NFT. Stop. So you can get it. As physical or as an NFT. (laughs) And he will scrawl his signature in pen on it. And the prices range at a minimum $1,500 at a um, up to $10,000. Oh, piss. For literally just like basically making something in Canva and then printing it out and sending it to you. And he's not even clicking the buttons on Canva. The NFT version costs $2,000. You are literally just get, getting sent a JPEG. Wow. Which means his signature isn't even on that one, is it? Yeah. His real signature. And I doubt he's really signing the other one. No. Oh, yeah. He's got people who can pay. And, you know, he's said this whole thing about how it's a comment on how art is changing and and technology and blah, blah, blah. I've always believed that everything done well is art and there are no boundaries. He said, (laughs) for me, the beautiful paintings and the spin paintings are about that. No boundaries. Art that makes you go, wow. Because you did it yourself and paid a lot of money. Mm. Yeah, we're not saying wow for good reasons, buddy. Yeah, so that's happening. I look forward to it (laughs) failing spectacularly. though. Rich people will buy it. Rich people will do it. For sure. How long has it been on the market? On April 10, you can start doing it on the website, which I'm not going to try and find it for you. Google it if you're dumb enough to do it. Uh-huh. I'm going to sign up to the wait list or something. I, if I had if a I can spare get 10 grand, oh, that's what I'd do. My prediction is either we're never going to hear about this ever again because <laughs> it's a stunt that just failed or we're going to hear that it was just a massive flop and he'll say that then was the art and that was the comment mm. and that's how he wanted to show the world that AI is going too far and things like NFTs are completely valueless and a total scam. He'll find a way to spin it. Oh, of course he will. It's all like no matter what happens, just like he said, art is just something done well. He'll just spin it into that it was a comment on... Blur. Mm. Society. Mm. Like how we got away with our whole creative writing degree. Yeah, we did. It was, it's a comment on feminism and society mm. is what we did for three years. Yeah, yeah. With high distinctions. Yes. May I add? <laughs> if you didn't um, do it, you got to do it well. Oh, my God. Speaking of um, uh, stupid things being way overvalued, uh, I just read this this morning. It's not even on my list. But did you see that? Elon Musk, oh, I know. Mm. How can we, why does he come up Every all the time? Episode. Truly, because yeah. he's always doing something stupid. Um, he has now changed the um, bird logo on Twitter to the dog, doge, the dog, 
You know that dog? Oh, the... This uh, one. That dog that does Doge yep, coin. Yep, yep, How yep, do yep, I yep, say? Yep. I'm such a... Um, I think it's Doge. Geriatric Doge coin, mm. right? So he changed the symbol of um, the bird symbol on Twitter to the Doge. Mm. Doge? I, I, this is a word I've read a thousand times and never said out loud. Doge coin. Doge dog. Once again, we don't, don't have know. a source. We're elder millennial. <laughs> we don't know. But, um, and it like went crazy because everyone was like, wait, what? What's happening? Because he owns, of course, a massive stake in Dogecoin. Mm. And so then the valuation of Dogecoin went like, through the roof. Um, and then the next day he was like, oh, lol, like it was just an April Fool's joke, except it was like two days after April Fool's Day. Mm. So everyone's like, you literally just did that to shoot the valuation up of Dogecoin and you probably then just sold a lot of Dogecoin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's just using it for just nonsense. Yeah, but I mean, if you're silly enough to fall for that sort of thing, like if you're into Bitcoin and really if you're into the art world as well, mm. you're buying into a pyramid scheme, mm-hmm. which only works if they continue to recruit more and more and more dum-dums who are willing to believe something that's completely made up and is really just a house of cards. It really is. So yes, he's exploited a lot of people, but most of those people, they would ask him for it. I mean, look, the most expensive vintage Polly Pocket I have bought was... Come on, give us a number. It was over 500 under 600. (gasps) But with vintage Polly Pockets, there is a scarcity element. There are some that are extremely rare and hard to get because there aren't any around. There are others that are really common. There's a thousand of them and people try to sell them for 200 bucks and they're worth like 20 bucks. Oh, baby cakes, you've got to dial down the judgment on art collectors and what they're willing to spend. It's not that much. And also, (laughs) but that's by far the most. None of the others are even half that. That was just a very particular special one. And it had all the dolls and the lights still worked. Mm -hmm. And for my birthday, which is coming up at the end of May, I haven't told Caleb yet, but I would very much like the um, vintage Polly Pocket 1993 clock and I want it with all the working p- pieces and dolls and um, the, like, and in good condition and the rare um, colour. Caleb doesn't listen to this podcast, so you're just putting this out there as a net that you're casting over oh, the no, Disney I'm, community I'm to see if someone not. has one. Well, I mean, if they do have it and you don't care about it, I would say sell it because they go for about 300 bucks. If it's got all the dolls, grandfather and grandmother time and the two smaller dolls, and if it's got the battery thing still works and the clock still works itself, and if it's in good condition and the nice blue colour, you get 300 bucks for that. Mm-hmm. And I really want it. I had it. I had it when I was young. I remember having it on my bedside table. Why didn't I keep this stuff? I want a side-by-side of you describing the features of that toy with someone describing the features of an artwork. No! And justifying the exorbitant price. Those idiots. (laughs) I know. We're all hypocrites in this life, babe. It's truly my only extravagant thing that I do. Like, completely pointless thing that I spend money on and, like, probably too much. You do have quite the wig collection, so... Wigs. Debatable. Yeah. We both went on that spending oh, spree. Oh, yeah, but they were all, like, very cheap from a website you're not meant to use. Still. Frivolous stuff. Yeah, but the, literally those wigs were, like, $7, $12. Oh, my God, some of mine were over 80 well, you went on a wig spree then because I didn't spend that much. The ones we got at the markets were the most expensive ones I bought, and I think they were mm. like $60. I do think of the ones I got as um, an investment. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I went on, um, bloody, what's it called? Shein, which I, I know, blah, you're not going to use it, blah. But sometimes if there's something really dumb you need and you need a lot of it, it is a good place to go to. And, you know, I just went on Shein and ordered like 10 wigs that cost no more than, I think the most expensive one would have been like 15 bucks. Mm. And the cheaper ones were like 3 or $4. So no, I haven't frivolous, frivolously spent on wigs. I haven't. And I don't really buy expensive clothes. Like I have a lot of clothes, but like they're all just kind of ASOS and, you know, whatever. I, I'm, that's not a thing for me. 
Polly Pocket's really are probably the one frivolous, dumb thing that I've spent an embarrassing amount of money on. Mm. And the turkeys. Oh, and the turkeys. Mm. Yeah. Oh, but that was, that's not a, that's not like a collection or, or like a obsession. That mm. was just a drunken, hilarious, stupid night. <laughs> I'd love you to start up a gallery. You don't could you collect anything? We used to have all the candles, yeah. but you got them from your work, didn't you? Like, had you paid? You hadn't paid full price. No. Yeah. And, you know, lots and lots of gifts and yeah. love candles, but certainly didn't see that as a collection. Whereas my perfume collection, the perfume, that was the carefully perfume. curated, and that was oh. my greatest asset. And there were more than seven hundred bottles by the time I yes. left Melbourne. Come on, I used to, at your mm. house. You would open the undie drawer, perfume. You'd open a cupboard somewhere, perfume. You'd open like you'd lift up the toaster, perfume. Mm. Like it was everywhere. Yeah. And those were just the spares. The um, the good stuff was in the beautiful in the glass display cabinet. cabinet. Yeah. 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 Did you just get rid of all of those when you... <clears throat> no, some of them went into storage. Ah, right, but okay. But I did edit down pretty brutally. So how many do you have now? Probably about 300 left. That's a lot. Yeah. And they've all gone bad in the last few years. Yeah, they would I mean, have, wouldn't they? most haven't been touched since I left Melbourne three and a bit years ago. Oh, my goodness. Mm. So that's your dumb thing. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'll never be able thing. to retire. Because, yeah. Um, all my money went to that rather than other wiser investments. Yeah. Like wigs. And like, you know, the housing market mm. and our taxes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We need to get our shit together. Okay. We can't avoid... A week without poo. And a lot of people sent this to me, so the people demanded it. It truly got sent to me like 20 times. Thanks, people. Do you know what it is? Oh, they probably wouldn't have sent it to you, though. Um, mm-hmm. I did get a few dogfighting videos, though. Oh, people don't want me to miss out on this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the world's largest poo <laughs> ever recorded... <gasps> Is considered by scientists like the holy grail of like um, uh, like fossilized feces, and it you can tell from the poo what the man who lived a thousand years ago oh, what his human. diet was. Oh, I thought I was going to get no, to guess human. which dinosaur made it. No, it's human. Oh. It's human. Um, it's more than a thousand years old, and um, coprolite. Coprolite. What does that I mean? I think that's the name for a fossilized poo. How do you know that? I don't know, but it took what a few a seconds for it to jump into my What a thing for you head. to know. Coprolite. Yes, I'm just going to do my first bit of fact-checking. Why would you know that? Yes, it is. It says it here. The poo, known professionally as paleofeces mm. or coprolite. Mm. Why did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I know such random stuff. I went to trivia the other night. Yeah. I thought I was going to be the biggest liability. Yeah. Um, and I think I told you I was going and you were like... <laughs> you don't know anything. You're not but you do always know random stuff like yes. this that I can... Ne- like, it's wild card stuff. And you know what? I discovered a skill that I never would have thought I had. What? Facial recognition based on just seeing the smallest snippet I'm of really someone's good at that one faces. Too. When they show you just like the lips and the bottom of the nose. Yeah. Well, I'm always like, bang, Molly Shannon. Like, it was like... Here yeah. and a hairline, and I was like Steven Spielberg. Yes, right. And the host, the trivia host, dude, was like, "No, uh, what? What? Yeah, what's wrong?" He fully thought I was cheating because I was getting so many oh. weird things right along the way, like that. Um, yeah. Anywho, continue. Tell us about the copper light. No, that's interesting because I'm really good at that one too. Mm, I, I don't know knew why. That about yeah. Me yeah. I wonder why. Mm. Anyway. Um, the York Archaeological Trust dug up the monstrous turd. <laughs> I'm just reading this from ladbible.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. In 1972, and it has been sitting pride of place in a museum since then. Um, of course, scientists were interested as well as historians testing the ancient leavings could offer some interesting insights into the diet of the person who created it. Mm. There's... Um, it says here, a doctor said, uh, a doctor, a history doctor, some kind of doctor. This is, maybe, this is the most exciting piece of excrement I've ever seen. In its own way, it's as irreplaceable <laughs> as the crown jewels. <laughs> so do you want to know? <laughs> That's the caption you're going to start using for all the pictures you take yes. of your own movements. Yes. <laughs> so I'll tell you what this 
giant poop said about this man Mm. that pooped it. It's 20 centimetres long, five centimetres wide. Oh, Oh, I'm going to show you a picture. It's thought to have come from the bum of a real Viking. (laughs) So from that around Europe a thousand years ago. Uh Uh Uh-huh. So hold on. Here it is for you on display. Don't read, don't read what it says because I'm going to tell you. Just look at the picture. <laughs> it's big. Like that would have that would have caused a fissure, which would have caused the whole cycle of things that happened to me. It's a big one. He'd been stretching. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get that one yeah. out. He would have braced hard for that. That I reckon had been piling up for a good couple of days. Yeah, possibly it's a big. week. So. Link in the show notes. Link in the show notes. But um, put it on the Instagram. We'll, oh, we'll put it on the Instagram. Do you reckon they'll do that um, hidden for like sensitive content yeah. thing? Over? <laughs> Let's put it up and see if they do. Oh my god, I bet they will. And I will literally make the caption. I promise you, I will make the caption. <laughs> More valuable than the crown jewel. This is the most exciting piece of excrement I've ever seen. In its own way, it's as irreplaceable as the crown jewels. That will be the caption. And I'm also going to make that the caption below a picture of any person I hate. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. And then just put, I wish you well. (laughs) This piece of excrement. Uh, I wish you well. I wish you well. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) The science behind it. Here we go. Researchers uh, found out through testing the poop that um, it came from a Viking and that the Viking, it was a man, a male, Mm. and he had a diet made up primarily of meat and bread as the poo is moist and peaty. (laughs) Moist and peaty. (laughs) Um, It says here... Examination under the microscope shows it contains pollen grains and the remains of cereal bran. It also contains the eggs of whipworm and moorworm, parasitic oh. nematodes, which is that how you say it? Nem- nematodes, which live in the large intestine. Staggeringly, an average inhabitant of Jorvik, which is, I guess, that was around where they found the poop, mm. um, may have harbored between 600 and 2,500 whipworms. Mm. Uh, worms cause stomach aches, diarrhea, and inflammation of the bowel. When the worms were numerous, symptoms may stimu- simulate, stimulate, simulate those of gastric ulcers. Horribly, adult worms can migrate from the intestine and enter other organs where they can cause serious damage. Ugh in there, mm. even moving into such places as the ear and the nose of mm. unfortunate sufferers. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Oh, there are certain worms you can get from sushi that'll end up in your brain. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Gotta we have careful. to get vaccinated for yellow fever before we go to... Um, yeah, I've already done have that. Have you already done yeah, it? Yeah, I went to Colombia. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't even looked up what yellow fever is. I'm just getting the needle. Um, so... Not only was the man poorly nourished, he also um, had hundreds of worm eggs in the poop. Mm. Gil Snape, a conservator at the York Archaeological Trust, which, um, you know, houses the, what do you call it, coprolite, said, whoever passed it probably hadn't performed for a few days, shall we say. Very. This guy had very... Itchy bowels. Oh. Um, so it was, uh, it's been in this museum since the 70s um, when they found it. And there was a big drama in 2003 because um, somebody <laughs> knocked it to the floor as they were walking by and it split into three pieces. <gasps> But luckily, they managed to stick it back together and it remains on display to all those fascinated by feces. Oh, me. We got to, if, if we go to, where is it, York, 
we're going. We, the, we, this is a stop. No question. This is a tourist thing I want to do. But let's, I kind of hope it gets stolen before that. Oh, I want con- there to be a heist. Let's convince G Adventures to do a poo-themed tour somewhere where oh, you just God. go to all poo-related, like, stuff and places. I reckon we can talk him into it. I'll be the spokesperson. I'll be the face. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> Maybe you can take Caleb on that one. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh, we could do a heist. Well, it's, look, it kind of looks like a log and it's, Sitting beneath, like, what are they? Metal brackets mm. on on display. Yeah, and there. that could also be a replica. And how would we possibly know? I wonder if they sell little replicas 3D. in the oh, shop. T-shirts, <gasps> earrings. No, I want a little one. All sorts of merch. I want a snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> Something I, pocket sized. You can put in your little figurine sets. No, I want it true to size. I want a true to size snow globe of this twenty centimeter long shit. Okay. And when you shake it. <laughs> Little bits. The little worms swim ah! around. <laughs> Where is this going? We've gone off. We've gone off the rail. We're unhinged today. Unhi- when are we not unhinged? Oh, my God. Okay, so that was a lot of people sent me that on Instagram. So I think Lad Bible must have posted it. And then, yeah, a lot of people sent me that. Um, and I <laughs> love that you brand. think of me. Yeah. yeah. I've got such clear branding. Polly Pockets, poo-related stories. That's kind of it, really. Oh, and, and like... And Elon. Sadly. And like random celebrity gossip. Mm. Love it. Um, okay. Do you know what American Girl dolls are? Uh, oh, I believe they're like a collectible mm. doll that wasn't necessary. I might be wrong, probably wrong. Not for playing with, more for on display and kind of like Barbie-ish in the sense that they had different like names, personalities. Yeah. Yeah. So they're an American doll <laughs> I think girls do play with them, but people also collect them. They're probably um, like the size of a Cabbage Patch doll, mm. um, but like a heart, like a plastic doll. And each American girl comes with a story. Like, my name's Ashley, and I, you know, live in San Francisco, and I do this. And then there's another one, like, I'm Sherilyn, mm. and I live in a trailer in wherever. <laughs> like, probably not that one, but you know what I mean. And so they have, and most, uh, they're quite expensive. They're like a few hundred dollars. I think mm. it's like a, a rich kid thing. And you can go to like American Girl, like, like lunch, like high tea at the Plaza Hotel in New York where you bring your doll and you sit and you like have a thing. I went to the American Girl um, store at the Grove in LA when I was there Uh for work and you can take your American Girl to a hair salon in the American Girl store and she gets put on a thing and they do a new hairstyle for her. Like it's it's a whole kind of very traditional-ish because they've been around for a long time. So Mm. mothers who had them now buy them for their daughters and so on. And you get one that looks like you or one that matches your name or whatever. Right. But they also have a range um, called American Girl Historical Dolls. Mm-hmm. And so these ones are things like, um, you know, uh, a, an American girl from the Great Depression. And then it comes with a story about her story in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Or there's an American girl from the Victorian era and it kind of tells her story. There's an American girl who was a Mexican immigrant living in Santa Fe in, like, the 1850s. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of thing. Um, uh, there's one from the civil rights movement and stuff. And so they'll very occasionally release a new historical American girl. Mm-hmm. And the historical period they have uh, made an American girl of for the latest historical American girl... Don't. 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 1999. Nope. No. Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. The late twentieth century. <laughs> um, the Washington Post wrote a story about it when it was uh, uh, when they were released, and they interviewed like a few young girls who would be buying American Girl dolls right mm-hmm. now. Uh, Molly, who was nine of Texas, said, "I've never actually learned a lot about the nineties." I know it's like 30 years back, but I don't know. It kind of feels like 50 years <gasps> back. And Emily, 12, of Oklahoma said, it's pretty cool to learn about a long time ago with dolls. Slap. Oh, my God. Right across the face. Each, uh, so the 1999 historical American Girl doll is actually twins, 
They're twins called... Um, Mary-Kate and Ashley. No, oh. Isabel and... Isabel and Nikki, which they could have come up... It should have been like Jessica and Ashley, like mm. Jessica and Sarah. Like, I don't know, Isabel and Nikki is not super 99. But anyway, Mm-mm. they're called Isabel and Nikki. Um, and each American Girl 1999 doll comes with a bedroom set that has a Tamagotchi, an inflatable couch, a Pizza Hut <laughs> book coupon, a desktop computer with a CD-ROM and dial-up modem noises. Mm. Um, Isabel loves pop music and the Spice Girls. Nikki is into skateboarding and grunge. They have two pets called Blossom and Buffy. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to see a picture? They've actually nailed this. They've nailed it. You'll die at this picture. This is the 1999 historical period American Girl Dolls. Oh, my God, I had that exact inflatable couch. So did I. (gasps) It looks like my room. Yes. From the 1999. The bed spread cover that's leopard on one side and zebra on the other. Yes. Oh, the alien face from the X-Files. Oh, no. Oh, Seriously, we we will put this on the Justice's Insta and go and, like, tell us Look at it and see if you're a millennial, this looks like your room from when you were a kid and just comment on how much of the stuff you had. I reckon everybody has at least one thing from that American Girl bedroom yep. from 1999. One note. What? The burn book from Mean Girls is I know, in there, it's the which wrong, is from 2003. Wrong so timing. We to, um, we've just got and to apparently that. someone else said um, they ha- are wearing uh, skirts that are like, from um, Clueless, but Clueless came out like six years before, like five years before that, so that would have been passed. Yeah, they were already dated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh gosh, I it's pretty seen this, a bang on a long Discman. Time. I know, right? So I'm gonna, I'll <sighs> read you some more quotes from girls, and even like the, um, <laughs> the the fluffy couch, the inflatable couch, the skateboard, the smiley face, mm. even the um, cat. Poster saying, you got this, was such a 90s. Hang in there, baby. Hang in there, Friday's baby. Friday's coming. The glow stars on the wall. Even oh, my yeah. best friend as a kid had this exact purple painted room, that exact colour. Wow. I know. <laughs> Nuts. Um, so, oh, my God. I, I can't wait for you guys to see this when we um, have it up on the Insta. This is so, fun and depressing at the same I time. Know, I know. So um, a mother quoted in, another mother quoted in the Washington Post um, article, which put the link in the show notes, said um, uh, her daughter, Alex, nine, is trying to understand another cryptic symbol, one that appears in the graffiti on Doll Nikki's miniature skate park, retails for $175. It's a circle and like a line and two other lines. I don't know what it's called, she says to her mum. And her mum's like, it's a peace sign. Oh, babe. She doesn't even know. Mm. She didn't know. And then uh, back in Oklahoma, Emily's mother, Heidi, who's 38, so bang on our age pretty much, mm. is showing um, her a picture of the uh, computer desk set that we were just looking at, which features like that big monitor. And Emily goes, the computer, it's huge, <laughs> and starts laughing. And then she's like, what are those drawers down there for? Which is the CD-ROM and yeah. like hard disk drive, two features that she just has never seen. And then Heidi, her mom's explaining to her um, uh, that CDs used to hold music Mm. and programs, like your apps Mm. now. And like hard disks could store documents like the cloud or a USB. Mm. And like um, when you used to want to like upload a game onto your computer, it came on 10 disks that you had to put in and then mm. put on. And then um, <laughs> the conversation turns to more complicated topics, such as how to access the internet. And Emily says, there was internet then? <laughs> and then Heidi starts barely. trying to explain, yeah, barely, explain the panic over the Y2K, like mm. computer panic in 1999, which features prominently in the twins uh, story that comes with the dolls. Um, <laughs> and become preppers? It's just, I don't Well, it's something people talked about back in 1999. And um, Emily is just like, she finds it incomprehensible. She doesn't understand. Mm. And um, another one doesn't even know what it means to burn a CD, which they also talk Mm. about doing, burning their favourite music. And this kid says, 
Is that just where you mould them together? <laughs> Two CDs. This pains me. All of this pains me. Use one CD like a stamp to imprint the other one. I know, but that oh. being said, I really want that American Girl doll set. Like, I want that for my, just somewhere. Oh, you said your birthday's coming up. It's so hey, interesting. No, I want the Polly Pocket Clock. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't mix up the list. Don't confuse <laughs> him. Yeah. Um, I really want... Oh, I just, I'm dying. I love it. You guys are going to freak over the picture. It's so amazing. Love the, just love them. I actually would, if they weren't like super expensive, I would buy it. $19.99. How much are we talking? Um, I think, so you get the dolls themselves, which are like a couple hundred dollars. Mm. And then the sets, I think are extra. So like the skate, she one of them has a skate park, which they said was what, $250 or what did I say? The bedroom set's like 175 you pay, I think it's like a big money-making idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a thing. Um, but if I was going to buy one, I'd be more interested in getting the 1999 one than like, I don't know, the 1850s gold rush That's era how one. they get you. It is. That's how they get you. Everyone's narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants their... They In this Washington Post article, they said that um, the American Girl doll company is very aware that um, they are selling this to the mothers that yes. are that age now mm-hmm. because they want the American girl that matches their childhood. Precisely. I know. Yeah. Smart. Nostalgia. It's smart. Lucrative. Mm. Um, next up. So <laughs> the fact-checking system works, people. Mm. You know how I said, I want your tips, I want your cool stories, I want your cool factoids, send me things. But don't put me in the dog fart position again. Just fact check your stuff before you send it to me because I'm not going to. And so I get sent on Insta from Joe this story that said, um, fun fact, polar bears yell while, while they poop. You're welcome. And it's just a picture of a polar bear pooping and looking like he's yelling. And Joe sent this to me on Insta and just said, not fact-checked. <laughs> and I said, thank you for the honesty. Re the fact-checking. And then she just sort of didn't reply. But then I think she thought, oh, I suppose I can. Mm. And so then not long later, she sent through a screenshot of Snopes.com that says, polar bears yell when they poop? False. <laughs> <laughs> this factoid has been circulating on the internet for years and is often shared in the form of a meme featuring a picture of a pooping and seemingly yelling <laughs> polar bear. It is not true. And then Joe sent through a sweating emoji and said, this is why we fact check. And I said, the system is working. <laughs> it's that easy, people. It's that easy, Snopes.com. And you may be thinking, if it's that easy, why don't you do it? Well, it's more fun this way. Yeah. (laughs) We want you to cite your sources. Cite your sources, please. Mm -hmm. Cite your sources. (laughs) That's not what we're about. We take the goop approach. Yes, we take the goop approach. But Joe, thank you so much. Sent it through, was upfront that she hadn't fact-checked it and then thought, no, you know what, I'll do the legwork here. Lucky she did because how often running would I have gone with that? I would have loved that. I would have told you that like it was an absolute fact. <laughs> with the picture to back it up, bought, True. sold, truly, truly. mine and sinker. Seems like a fact. Mm. Um, <laughs> I love the Snopes.com approach as well. And their headline just being a statement and then false. false. <laughs> True. I used to have to do it all the time when I worked at an online website where I wrote about weird pop cultural mm, things. Mm. And I, you know, would collect a whole bunch of stories every day to like pitch to go on the site. And like when you're collecting stories, it's more just like, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting, that's interesting, bring it up at the meeting and it's like, yeah, or nay. Um, and then often I would get all these stories approved to write and then I would go and sit down and put them through Snopes.com and they were all false. <laughs> and I'd be <laughs> like, damn it. And sometimes they would say, just run them anyway. I'm not going <laughs> to... Anyway, um, so you and I have talked about this a couple weeks ago and it popped up again in my Insta because, like, people are, it's, it's, it's happening. People are booking it. Mm. This cruise that goes for three years mm. and goes all around the world, it costs 
approximately in Australian dollars, $45,000 a year for the most basic cabin, Mm. but it still looks pretty nice, the cabin. Um, You go to over 135 countries. uh, You visit over 100 tropical destinations, seven continents. There's 400 cabins on the ship and space for 1,074 passengers and you book in for three years and like I said, you pay forty-five grand a year for the cheapest cabin. The nicest cabin is one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year, and you don't have to go the whole three years. You have to book the whole three years, but you can sub out, and a friend can sub in. And it sounds ridiculous, but they are pitching it as cheaper than renting. Mm. They're saying it's not a holiday. They've set it all up with all this business hubs, Wi-Fi, basically for people who work from home, who work online, who have that kind of job, which a lot of people do now. You can go and live on this ship. Food is covered. Everything's covered. For 45 grand a year, all your expenses, and you're working and earning money and traveling the world, 45 grand a year doesn't sound like that much. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? I feel like there's got to be some sort of catch. Right? Um, and I mean, look at this. This room looks nice. Yeah. 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 Like, there's a lot about it that seems appealing. Like, yeah. a sort of cost-effective way of living. I feel like for them to be turning a profit, there's got to be some dodgy shit going on while they're out in international waters. Yeah. Or they're relying heavily on the onboard casino. To yeah, turn a profit, maybe, like there's got to be maybe. something in this business model that you know makes it something that's a lucrative venture for all the investors. Well, this okay. Wait, listen to this. Um, uh, we have developed a first of its kind business center at sea. Fourteen offices, business library, all areas where you can work. Um, there is Starlink Wi-Fi, so it's like you can. Uh, they say access it anywhere mm. um, in the world. Um, and if that wasn't enticing enough, the tax breaks of these international residents there means that cruise goers can keep more of what they earn. Mm. So if you are doing a week's work when you're in unspecified, like, location mm. waters, who are you paying tax to? No yeah. one. You're not paying tax to any country because yeah. you're not in any country. And then the parent company is going to have all sorts of tax right? loopholes that they can exploit. Um, Life at Sea's Cruises Managing Director, also they're calling it Life at Sea, uh, said in a written statement, professionals need connectivity, the right amenities and the functionality to perform their jobs. Included amenities on board are all essentials, world-class local cuisine, entertainment, washfold, laundry. This is specifically tailored to guests wanting to cruise, live, work and explore from their home at sea. Mm. From a pod system embarkation process to free medical visits, free Wi-Fi to the ability to invite friends and family for free. You sound very much like a beta. We have No, but I'm just fascinated by this. We have thought of everything you need on an everyday basis to live your life till its fullest, all you need included in a single package. Mm. I just like, and there's a swimming pool, wellness center, gym, salon, everything. Like, you're drooling. No, I'm not. I'm not because I get really badly seasick. So I just, I couldn't mm. do it. But um, I, it's just really fascinating to me when you look at it and you go, like, 50 grand a year for three years, $150,000 for a cruise. No thanks. But then when you compare it to the cost of living, mm. especially in Sydney, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> If it sounds appealing, can I just suggest that as a counterbalance, you first watch the film Triangle of Sadness? Yeah. <laughs> which I yes. saw over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and also maybe dive into um, the Carnival Poop Cruise, yes. which is something that I allude to at the beginning of the episode that's coming up uh-huh, next uh-huh, week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just to get a balanced perspective on what th- it can look like and smell yeah. like and feel like when things go wrong and you're out at sea. Cruises go wrong all the time yeah. in terms of salmonella outbreaks, food poisoning outbreaks. They're like floating Petri dishes. Yeah. With the Carnival Poop Cruise, they lost power and that meant they lost the ability to flush their <laughs> toilets and turn the taps on. And, and also the steadying thing 
had to be turned off so that yeah. everyone got sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in the matter of hours, that can all go farty poos in a very big way. And if so, you've prepaid for three years, yeah. uh-oh. <laughs> no refunds. Yeah, one bad week and you want out. Mm. It's just interesting to me. And also, like, in that documentary, The Last Tourist, they have a whole section on um, the cruise economy, cruise economy mm. and how damaging it is to everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's just... It's fascinating to me that someone has come up with this and they've built a ship specifically for people to live on. Like, I feel like this is the first of what is going to be in 10 years a super common thing. There's going to be lots of them. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. And I think that it's giving me glimpses of Wally. Yes. Um, and that sort of way of life yeah. that they have, the humans have in that film. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's... You know, cynically, you can see that they're tapping into millennials and Gen Zers that are like, I'm never going to own property. Yeah. So, so I might as well set myself up in a completely different way. And this is cheaper than mm. if you add up your rent and food and utilities and everything, it's, it's cheaper. Mm. But um, yeah, the disasters are going to start happening. Yeah. And hey, just watch Triangle of Sadness. It is so funny. I've been, I've been saving it. So Yeah, I've heard it's incredible. It. Yeah. It does have the most Oh, graphic. well, Recos. This is a Recos. Yes, yes, easing into that. We forgot Recos last week. <sighs> the spewing and the pooing is intense, <laughs> but it's actually done in a comical enough yeah. way that I could watch it. I, I didn't turn away yeah. that many times from it. And that's not the entire film. Yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. yeah, certainly this disastrous moment where if you don't know the concept of the film, which chances are you may not because it's a fairly niche mm. um, movie, uh, but it's about a bunch of billionaires mm. who go on this luxury cruise and then... Like a yacht, grow. right? Rather than a ship, like a luxury yacht, yes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and everything's going great, yeah. but you get to see how ridiculous ridiculous these wealthy people are and how warped their view of reality is. And you get to see all the different, you know, ways that status comes into play when people have exorbitant amounts of money and or are exceptionally beautiful. I've um, heard it described as succession and parasite, but set at sea. Yes. Yeah. And then there are lots of twists that then happen once things start going wrong Mm. and it is genius. Okay. Okay. That is one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Highly recommend. Okay. And it's definitely one that then sends you on some um, rabbit hole explorations to sort of see different people's theories of how it ends. Oh. I normally don't like movies that have ambiguous yeah. endings. But this one, I really, really rated. Okay. Yeah. And the other movie that I really loved, yeah. Megan. Finally oh, saw Megan. Did you know who told me she... Um, is trying to convince me is the voice of Megan, my niece Aya, who is just turned six on the weekend, mm-hmm. um, I guess has seen on TikTok or YouTube or something clips where kids at the moment are trying to uh, convince everyone that I am the voice of Megan. Oh, really? And so all... <laughs> oh, hang on, that Rosie Waterland is the no, voice of Megan. No, that oh. they, like a kid is saying, oh. it's me, I'm the voice of Megan. And mm-hmm. all, it's become this thing on TikTok where kids are trying to like convince everyone, oh, I'm the... I'm the kid who voiced her. Uh-huh. And so Aya, all day Saturday, was trying to convince me that she voiced Megan in <laughs> Megan. And I said, I said, do you know what Megan's about, Aya? And she said, yeah, it's about a mum who invents a robot to be her daughter's friend and it goes crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that Aya, everyone, fun fact, my niece Aya is the voice of Megan in Megan. <laughs> Uncredited just to maintain a little bit yeah. of mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is hilarious. Really? It's so funny. It's way camper than I expected awesome. it to be. I knew it was going to have a, yeah. a level of camp to it. But, oh, yeah, that so many big laughs out loud and need to rewind to, like, just enjoy the movie. It's Alison Williams is in it, yeah? She is, yeah. yeah. who's kind yeah. of built a little, like, elite horror niche for herself. What else has she done? Um, get Out. Of course. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. 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 Uh, she's sensational. She's great. I really like her and I also like the fact that she owns the fact she's a Nepo baby. She Big time. She doesn't push back. She's like, yeah, yeah. correct. And um, recently uh, girls has clips from girls have been going viral on TikTok and so mm. all these younger people are seeing clips from girls and going like, what's this amazing show and blah, mm. blah, blah. And so I've seen a bunch of old clips from girls and, like, she played 
Marnie so perfectly mm. as just a cringe millennial white girl. I Those scenes where she just like brings a microphone to events and sings for people as a gift, <laughs> like, but just so, like, sincerely. And the one where, like, her ex-boyfriend has this company and it does really well. They're celebrating getting to, like, one million uh, uh, members or something. And she goes over to the DJ and says, can you play this? And then she has her own microphone and she starts singing um, um, that Kanye West song, uh, uh, in the Boston night, you can give, you can be my black cape moss tonight. Da, 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 oh, American da, 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 boy! Tonight, how would you be so? No, not American boy. Oh, stronger. Stronger, yeah. yeah. But she does like a slow acapella version. Stronger, better, faster, and then she's like, "This is for you guys getting to a million members." And then she's singing it like really, kind of like no, no, a '90s. Don't, don't kill, kill me. But then. I think because stronger. she's like, you know, a progressive uni student, she gets to the bit about the black Kate Moss and she goes, you can be my white Kate Moss tonight. <laughs> it's just like, and I was watching it and I was like, Alison Williams is a freaking genius. She was so funny as that character. Yeah. I forgot yeah. how brilliant she was at it. And I really think she was so good at it that a lot of people think that, that she is Marnie and that's mm. probably why people have always been like, eh. Mm. But she's actually really cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she can definitely laugh at herself. Yeah. With style. Um, Girls deserves rewatch. I, I think it's... Get into that. It's, you know, it's inter- a lot of people... There's been a lot of, like, opinion pieces on it the last sort of month because it's going around on TikTok again. And so there's younger people who've never seen it discovering it and being like, lol, elder millennials, lol. But then there's also people our age who watched it when mm. it was our age show and kind of going back and seeing the problems with it mm. and like, but also the bang on accuracy of a lot of it. Mm. Like it's it's a really just important cultural artifact, I think, for a lot of reasons. Mm. As is. And just like that, which is coming back very oh, soon. When is it coming back? A couple of months. Well, yeah, my record was um, Succession because that's back. And it's the best. Mm. And I got busted because I was meant to wait to watch it with Caleb when he got home from work. Because as you know, he gets home at like after 11. But I watched it, the first one back. And I meant to like rewind the thing, the the streamer thing to the start oh, of the episode. But I tracks. forgot. Oopsie. And so then when we went to turn it on, he could see that it was at the end. And I got busted. Oh. Yeah, Sloppy. you're not giving that Polly Pocket for Sloppy. your birthday, babe. <laughs> You're in the bad books. <laughs> and um, my other reco was um, I watched uh, Muhammad uh, was staying over the night before his birthday on Sunday. He turned 10. It's our birthday bonanza week. Aya, Muhammad and the twins all have their birthdays in the same week. Mm. And um, we, I convinced him to watch Yellow Jackets and he <sighs> loves it. Stop it. He loves it. 10 years old. Oh, he's, he watched, he, he's watched worse. Um, he mm. loves it. It. Where did you start at the very beginning? The start. I'm assuming. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, the start. Yeah. Um, because I really wanted to, like, my headspace when I watched it the first time was right when I was not doing great. And I was mm. like, I want to watch it all again before I start on the new mm. season. Um, and he is obsessed. Uh-huh. He loves it. So Does it's like a theories? thing we can watch together. Well, we only got like three episodes in because he fell asleep. Okay. Um, but I'll see. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of them thinking the 90s is ancient, I was watching The New Wednesday with him, which he also really loves. Mm. I think he has a crush on Jenna Ortega. And um, I told him, oh, did you know that the teacher in this, the psychologist or whatever, Christina Ritchie's in it, I said, Mm. she played Wednesday back when she was a girl. It's this great movie of the Addams Family. We should watch it. Mm. And he goes, I don't want to watch a movie from the olden days. And I was like, it's not the olden days. (sighs) And he goes, well, when did it come (sighs) out? Like last century. And I said, well, that's not that long ago. And he goes, it's more than 20 years ago. And I was like, (sighs) it's not black and white. He's like, what was it? I said, it was just the 90s. And he was like, yeah, the olden days. 
I reckon if you just showed it to him, he, he would, would love not it. be able to tell. No, well, no, I know, and that's why I was like, I shouldn't have told him yeah. because he doesn't want to watch it because he thinks it's an old movie, but he would love it. The mm. Adams Family is such a good movie. And Adams Family values Amazing. and blows that out of the water. Like, I know. Good to great. I know. Come, that's a record right there. Yeah, Adams Go Family. Go watch both of those films. <laughs> um, yeah, so Yellow Jackets, he really likes, mm. and I'm pumped. You know what else? I'll tell you this quickly, and I don't want any judgment because I was fast-forwarding. So he's been obsessed with wanting to watch American Psycho. I don't know why. No, I'm not. I didn't let him. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. I've been putting it off for like six months by saying, oh, when you turn 10, when you turn 10, when you turn 10, I'll let you watch it. Um, and he turned 10 on the weekend. <laughs> so he was at my house, at a sleepover. Caleb was out to dinner. And... um. He wanted to watch it and I was like, look, it's it's not even, like I said, it's not even really scary. It's just like gory. I think he's seen clips, like clips of it on TikTok. I don't know. Really? Like, not, because you can't put gory stuff on TikTok because the Chinese mm. are very strict about censoring bad right. stuff. I think he's just seen people like breaking down like theories, like people do theory videos uh-huh. of whatever. I don't know. He's just He just knows it exists and he mm. wants, he... I think he thinks it is the scariest movie of all time. So mm-hmm. he wants to have the status of having watched it, right? Uh-huh. So I told him we could watch it. I said, look, okay, fine. We can watch it. But I'm going to fast forward through all the gory scenes mm-hmm. um, because I've seen it. So I know like where they are. And he was like, okay, f- like that's fine. I was like, okay. And so we were watching it and then like, you know, I fast-forwarded it through that Jarrow Leto scene and then we watched a bit more and I fast-forwarded through. We got about 20 minutes into it and I think what he didn't realise is without the gory bits, it's just a boring movie about a businessman going to fancy dinners. Mm. And he literally was like, this is a boring movie. <laughs> and I was like... Overrated. Yeah, I was yeah. like... Which it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing happened. It's just like mm. a businessman eating at fancy restaurants and then someone gets murdered yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And he was like, ah. Oh. And so then we turned it off and started watching Yellow Without Jackets. the shock value violence, it's literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I put on that more kid-friendly show about cannibalism on an island <laughs> in the 90s. But, um, yeah, so he didn't... Wait till you get up to speed ah! with season two. I'm oh. really excited. But now I feel like I need to wait to watch it with Muhammad because we like started watching it together. Okay. Well, he's yeah. moving in with you until <laughs> you catch up because I need to talk to you about okay, some okay, theories. Okay, 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 okay. Um, yes, yeah, so those are my records. And that's breaking news. That's breaking news. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.